We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is October 11th, 2021. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, man? How are we feeling? Feel good. We got uh, we got NFL football going on right now. We got the Rays and playoff action and extras right now. You guys, obviously, by the time you hear this, will know what happened. Um, and we had Magic Basketball tonight. So um was was a fun time. We've only got one more preseason game, Jonathan. And then I think uh, that's on Wednesday, right? And then we have a week till the season starts from yep. then. Yep, absolutely. So, guys, a quick housekeeping just to go through a couple of things. If you guys didn't listen to the show uh, last week or this uh, the Shoot the Shot episode that we released on Friday. We have started a Patreon, so you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We have three tiers. We have a $2 tier, a $5 tier, and a $10 tier. First of all, thank you to those who have joined the Patreon. I'm going to go ahead and shout them out right now. So Zico, Keith Garcia, Armin, best friend Drew Gooden Mm -hmm. of the podcast, and then Court Cousins. Uh, Thank you guys so much uh, for being patrons. We really appreciate your guys' support. You guys want to be shouted out on the show, uh, you'll want to select that 5 or $10 tier on the Patreon. We'll shout you out each week. You'll also um, get a little thank you at the end of our YouTube videos. So that's huge. If you guys can help support the podcast, just helps with production you know, costs and helps us do cool things like giveaways, things like that in the future. So, again, that's patreon.com slash the six-man show. Coming up on Wednesday, October 20th, the first Magic game of the year. This season they are starting on the road at San Antonio. That game will start at 8.30, but we'll be at eight at Harry Buffalo starting at 8 o'clock um, to watch that game downtown Orlando, just right down the street uh, from Amway Center. So come hang out with us, guys. We'll be there from 8 o'clock until whenever the game ends. So good food, cold beer. Uh, Kevin can attest to the Buffalo shrimp there. Absolutely fire, so come check that out. And then Friday, October the 22nd, the Magic's first home game of the year against the New York Knicks. So starting at 5 o'clock to 6.30, we'll be at the Big Storm Tap Room, which is connected right there uh, to the Amway Center. So come hang out with us. We'll hang out. Again, good food, cold beer. Hang out for you know an hour and a half, 
and then we're going to go inside um, and hopefully watch the Magic, uh, you know, kick the crap out of the New York Knicks. So, and then um, I don't think we announced this on the podcast last week, Luke. Because I don't think we knew yet, uh, but we have received media credentials for this season from the Orlando Magic. So we'll be able to attend games. Obviously, it's a bit of a drive for us, uh, but we'll be able to go attend games. Um, you know. Pre-game, post-game, perhaps going to the locker room. I think they're still doing all of their pressers, like in the press room. I don't think they're allowing people in the locker room for obvious reasons. But, um, yeah, still pretty cool, pretty excited about that, huh, Luke? Yeah, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun to kind of be able to cover the team in a different light, something that, you know, most of the time we are covering as fans and we still will be covering as fans, uh, but with a little, you know, credential checkmark next to our name, which will be pretty sweet um, to be able to kind of get, you know, sights and sounds of the magic you know, being more inside the organization than this podcast has been. It's really crazy. Like we're now like two and a half years. It'll be three years in February starting the podcast. And if you would have told me, you know, that one day I would have credentials to attend magic games basically for free, right. Be able to ask the head coach questions and, you know, the, the players questions and everything like that. It's just really a blessing. Can't do it without you guys and your support without you guys. The show doesn't exist. So, um, just really, really appreciate it. It's exciting. It's an exciting year for the podcast, and uh, you know we hope the best is yet to come. So, Luke, three preseason games this week. Uh, the Magic were 0-3. Uh, started the week uh, with a 98-97, really last-second loss to the Boston Celtics. Followed that up with a 104-86 smashing uh, on Wednesday against the New Orleans Pelicans. And then tonight, Sunday night, the Magic lost 101-100 to to the San Antonio Spurs. Really looked like they were going to be able to pull that out um, in that fourth quarter. The fourth quarter was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll kind of get to that um, in a moment. But, Luke, uh, against the Celtics in Boston, that was really the first look that we got to um, you know, get from this new-look Orlando Magic team. You know, We've got some new guys, obviously the rookies. Jamal Mosley, his real first head coaching experience outside of the Summer League. Uh, you know, back in August. Luke, what were your thoughts from, you know, this first game, you know, against the Celtics? Well, my first thoughts, Jonathan, I mean, the first one, quite literally in terms of trying to kind of embody this team and where my question started was, is this team going to be a good three-point shooting team this year? Or is this just kind of a storyline that'll just be the headline for this night? And will the Magic come back down to earth? That was kind of the, one of the first things. I was like, wow, we're actually shooting the ball really well. Uh, the team looked good. They were not only young and exciting like we figured, but they looked good. Like They, they looked like a, a decent team, um, which says a lot for, for Mosley and for these guys that hadn't played together long. I mean, for the cohesiveness that they seemed to have, obviously it was a little rocky sometimes and, um, and stuff like that. I mean, you, you look at the turnovers. Magic had 18 turnovers, but... They also forced 16 on Boston's end. So, yeah, I mean, as far as the first game, first impressions went, I think it was about as good as it could have gotten because the Magic win that game, I think, if you leave starters in for those last five minutes and don't leave it to you know the G-Leaguers to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's really the, the story of the whole game, right? You know, five minutes to go, uh, you know, you're up by five points. You sub in the G-Leaguers. And uh, yeah, it was just basically over from there, like a late turnover uh, by Hassani Gravette. Uh, Brad Zdakis gets a good look at it, kind of at the buzzer, doesn't go in. And that's why we're sitting here talking about a loss. But the biggest thing to me was just the energy for like 40, you know, the first like 42 minutes, 43 minutes of this game. Um, you know, the Magic 
wanted everything that the Celtics had to offer. Obviously, it's a team with guys like Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And, you know, the Magic really looked like they wanted to hang in that game, and they did. Obviously, we didn't see guys like Brown and Tatum the last few minutes of that fourth quarter. Celtics didn't really care whether or not they won or, or lost that game. Tatum and, and Jalen Brown already had really great nights, you know, especially scoring the basketball. So, But it, it was really exciting to see the guys you know, in their, their first action, really playing together, playing at a high level, defending well. And again, yeah, shot the ball well, You know, 17 of 42 from the three-point line, 40.5% on the night from three. I wasn't buying into that. I think I tweeted that out during the game. Like, no, right. I'm not buying into the Magic being a good three-point shooting team. But the thing that I took away from that game was, are they going to be able to play with this level of energy and and intensity every single night? And the next game against the Pelicans, you know, kind of made that question more of a concern, you know, losing 104 to 86 and really did not play with the same, you know, amount of attention. Like looked great in the first quarter, led 26 to 18, but after that it was basically all Pelicans. You know, Nikhil Alexander-Walker finishes with 19 points. He shot 5 of 9 from 3. Uh, Trey Murphy shot uh, six of nine from three, 20 points, seven of 13 from the floor. Like those guys, when the game started to get close in the second half, those guys would go on runs and just really kind of stretch the lead for the Pelicans. But um, what did you think? Like, obviously they played with such energy and intensity of the first game and then against the Pelicans and even times tonight, we kind of saw that wane. Yeah, I think that first game was really... I think the first preseason game was the same type of feeling you're going to get the first season of the regular, the first game of the regular season. I think that you're going to see that. I think that that feeling is going to last for a long time. I think that I buy in more to that energy than I do, you know, that, that preseason game against the Pelicans in terms of the hustle that the team is going to play with. Everyone's new. Everybody's supporting each other. It seems I think that I'm more so buying into that, to to the fact that this will be a high-energy team. It's going to be what they rely on. And if they don't have energy, they're probably getting the doors blown off them that night. And that's just how it is when you have a young team like that. If you're not bringing the energy, it's not going to be a good result for you. Um, so, yeah, as far as that goes, nothing really stuck out um, in that Pelicans game to me individually, really, besides uh, WCJ um, having another good game, 13-11, and 5-9, of nine, um, you know, two of five from three. So it's it's shaping up to be really interesting and then the Mo versus WCJ thing, which I'm sure we'll get into. But but both yeah. these guys have, have shown flashes even when I thought they weren't going to that game like tonight with Mo Bamba. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So the starting lineup in that game, Mo Wagner, Mo Bamba, uh, Cole Anthony, Gary Harris, Etwan Moore, like really showed us that Mosley right now, he's just putting lineups together to see what these guys look like and kind of see how they can play with and play off of one another. That's not going to be the case uh, in the regular season, at least I hope no, not, not, not to that level of experimentation. You know, Mo Wagner, Etwan Moore are guys that are probably not going to see much of the rotation if everyone is healthy. But what stuck out to me was Mo Bamba. So 12 minutes, uh, seven points, three rebounds, an assist, a block. Looked really, really great, especially in the first quarter. But then fouls out early in the third after playing 12 minutes. Preseason, you know, aside, whatever the case may be, had a tough time with Jonas Valanciunas. Um, some of the, the foul calls I thought were pretty soft, but you don't want to see your you know now fourth year center fouling out after 12 minutes it's just that's something that you just never want to see but again preseason this was like the second kind of rough game in a row for Franz Wagner uh 21 minutes 0 of 4 from the floor zero rebounds two assists one steal and that's like the chatter around Franz Wagner kind of picked up a bit and we'll talk more about that after we talk about tonight's game, we talk more like big picture takeaways from preseason so far. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everybody uh, really getting on Franz Wagner's case. And then tonight, Luke, we'll spend a decent amount talking about this game. Tonight, the Magic lose 101 to 100. First home game in Orlando against the Spurs, who they're going to see again, you know, in, in 10 days here. Um, that time will be in San Antonio. Um, but yeah, Luke, I mean, struggled at times. You know, San Antonio led for much of this game. Yeah. And then the fourth quarter, the Magic really turned it up, you know, thirty-six to twenty. I think at one point they went on like a thirteen to zero run um, to really start cutting into that lead. You know, Cole Anthony has a huge dunk to to cut the lead, I think, to three. And then uh, Wendell Carter Jr. the very next possession has an and one. Uh, I believe he tied the game up at that point. Game's tied. Wendell goes to the line again, misses two free throws. Um, you know, San Antonio is able to, you know, take the lead. And, and, and basically that was, that was the game, the magic. I, I don't think they scored again. Um, that point if I, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, but preseason losses, Luke are not supposed to hurt as much as this one did tonight, but it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of promising things that we saw tonight, especially Mo, like in that fourth quarter. And I, Wendell is another guy that looked great tonight, 14 points, six of eight from the floor, seven rebounds. I, I guess we can talk about this now, like Wendell versus Mo, because we were talking in the first quarter and we're like, Wendell is just clearly, you know, better. How much better? I, I don't really know, but 
And then that fourth quarter, like Mo has me thinking, like, okay, were we a little bit early on that or? Yeah. Yeah, I I think a, a lot of it, Jonathan. I mean, it's hard to to really know what to think about these guys. I mean, we like I said, like Mo, we didn't think would turn it on tonight. It didn't seem that way. I mean, I texted you and Kevin the beginning near the not really the beginning, but I guess like end of first quarter, some sometime around then, maybe second quarter, and just said WCJ is just is seems better. He just seems to know what's going on more. He doesn't rely as much on his like athleticism and whatnot that like, Mo can. Um, and I, I think that that was the the biggest thing for me at the beginning. You know, the first half at least, it was just like they. First of all, they looked decent on the floor together. It didn't look weird and clunky like I thought it might. Um, and wasn't fully convinced. I thought it, I thought it was a troll job to be honest with you. I mean, like you 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 see those guys on the on the same starting lineup. It's like, wait, no, these guys are supposed to be going head to head. Why were they playing together? And this is just mostly trying out things. I mean, and um, for me, I mean, Mo's fourth quarter spoke volumes to his ceiling. But I would need to see more throughout the rest of the game for me to really be 100% on board with Mo Bamba, especially over WCJ, who seems to just be kind of a constant anchor who very well um, could be one of the best players on the team this year, solely for the fact that he's consistent. Yeah, he's just so steady. Again, you talk about 14.7 rebounds like he like Mo, right? Like Mo went pretty crazy, you know, in the fourth quarter, had like an alley-oop dunk, hit a, right. you know, a three-pointer, had a few blocks in the fourth quarter that really kind of I don't want to say padded his stats, but uh, you know, definitely added to his stat line. You look at the end of the game, 16.6 of 10 from the floor, 2 of 4 from the three-point line, 10 rebounds, one steal, five blocks. Yeah. Had a couple huge blocks in the fourth quarter, but Again, it, it always comes down to this for me. I like the reason that sometimes I I want Mo to succeed and I I want Mo to um you know kind of rise up as the better player is because Mo does have the higher ceiling. Yeah. Like if you're getting that Mo Bamba for you know 23 minutes a night, I I don't think it's even close between the two. But Wendell, like you said, is so consistent night in night out, play in play out. He's always in the right position. He's never you know doing the wrong thing. Right. Like he just always makes the right play. Um, you know, it, he's in the right spots and it's game after game after game. The big thing with Wendell is can he stay healthy right. and talking to Bulls fans? That was the whole thing. Like we knew that Wendell was good, but he just never stayed healthy while he was in Chicago. So with Mo, he's got to stay healthy and can he play consistent? So it's a big question mark, but people are talking about, and I think the magic have, um, I think the deadline is the 18th, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of when players, uh, you know, when they have to sign these rookie um, extensions by and people are like oh we should sign Wendell and you know as long as it's a reasonable deal but I, I don't know part of me just really wants to see those guys battle it out and see who's the better player at the end of the year it's you know it is a risk but you know I think it's I think it's a risk worth taking um, you know because we haven't seen a full healthy Bamba offseason now he's with a, and you can just see Bamba's confidence like he had that that block in the corner I think it was on um, Simonic, I I believe towards the end of the game, and he's pounding his chest, mm-hmm. and you just see, you know, when he makes good plays, his confidence just continues to grow and grow, and I really think that's going to be huge for Mo. Luke, another guy that balled out tonight that I tweeted this out that he's just really evolved. Um, Terrence Ross, twenty points, seven of fourteen from the floor tonight, two of four from the three point line, four of four from the free throw line, um, added an assist, two uh. uh 
uh, two assists, excuse me, a rebound, two steals, and a block. You know, if anyone is is really benefiting from this, you know, change in defensive principles from Jamal Mosley to Steve Clifford, where obviously Mosley wants these guys being more aggressive. Like we've seen Terrence jump the passing lane. I think it's now three or four times in preseason. And just he's so athletic. Once he catches that ball, it's it's gone. It's a fast break dunk the other way. Um, just what do you think of Terrence? And I think he's going to have a bigger role this year than we maybe expected going into the season, at least until guys like J.I. and and, uh, and Fultz come back. Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a predicament, Jonathan. My predicament, it, oh, my boy. predicament is Terrence Ross is going to have to do very well for us to stay competitive in games, at least until you know Ji and Chuma and Markel are all back. He's going to have to be the anchor, right? So I, I, I that that's definitely a main point for me. But the other thing is, I'm going to be somewhat disappointed. If I have to watch Terrence Ross be our best player this year, you don't you don't miss Aaron Aflalo being our best player. <laughs> no, but I you didn't you didn't enjoy I, that. I can't. I don't want. Uh, I don't want to have to just see Terrence Ross be the reason that the Magic win games this year. The team's going to be bad. I don't expect Terrence Ross to you know lead us to the playoffs by any means. But I would rather see the box score say at the end of the game that the young guys were the top contributors, not Terrence Ross. So that's my predicament. I know that Terrence Ross has to play well for these guys, for the Magic to stay competitive in a lot of games until those guys come back. But at the same time, it'd be much more exciting if I could see Suggs be doing a little bit better and Cole and those guys, I'd trade that for T. Ross doing better and probably would trade winning some games for losing some games if it meant that our young guys were actually developing. Well... I, I just want to say this, um, you know, Jalen talking about young guys had every opportunity tonight, um, you know, to, to, to do that, to deliver us to a win. So magic down 100 to 101, the magic at the ball, um, you know, 22 seconds left in the game. Jalen can just, you know, dribble the clock down and then try to make his move. And he did try to do that. Um, Bryn Forbes got in there and whether or not he was fouled, I'm not really sure. I haven't seen a, a great angle that convinces me that he was fouled, but loses the ball. Um, you know, they try to get possession back. There's a jump ball call when they review that. Uh, there wasn't, you know, the, the clock had expired before they blew the whistle on the jump ball. But um, I loved that Jalen, um, you know, had the, the confidence to make that move. Obviously, he's going to continue to get better. He's just a rookie. Um, but we're, we might have to deal with a lot of that. And something that Gary Harris, um, I believe it was during media day, he said, when I, we were young and we were in Denver, we had to learn how to win. Yeah. And that's a very hard thing to do in the NBA is learn how to win. And he's saying, if we can figure that out early on, we're going to surprise a lot of people. And this was one of those games, especially in that fourth quarter when guys are knocking down shots and, you know, making defensive stops. It was like, okay. This is a good learning opportunity to learn how to win. Uh, you know, we, you and I talked. I don't know if it was on uh, the Six Man Show or, or Shoot the Shot last week, but I talked about how my favorite moment uh, of Channing Fry being in Orlando was him being interviewed after the Magic had lost like a bunch of close games. Like they had lost the most amount of close games mm-hmm. in the league that year, if I'm not mistaken. And he said, "Yeah, people are saying, oh, you almost won, you almost won.'" But he's like, "We're still effing losing." Right. And that's what this team is going to have to come to terms with is learning how to win. That's going to be the biggest thing. I think we're going to see a lot of games like this 
this year where it's really close and it just comes down to one or two plays um, that end up losing us the game. But that was a, a heartbreaking preseason game, Luke. Yeah, it really was. And the one thing I did want to talk about, Jonathan, um, I wanted to kind of real quick. So the starters, you touched on it, right? Like the starters we've seen have been just kind of a mixed bag. It, so it has seemed. There's been one guy, we're play a little trivia, okay? I know you love trivia. There's one guy that has been in the starting lineup every night so far. And I think that he will be definitely in the starting lineup on opening night for the regular season. Do you know who that is? Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Gary, Gary Harris Harris. And I he's he's I he's kind of locked into the starting lineup, in my opinion. Um, I'm sure next episode next week, once we're more so approaching the regular season and you know are done with preseason officially, we'll probably get into this a little bit more. But right now, and maybe I can give my prediction then at that point for who will be starting at power forward and center at the start of the season. But right now, it seems like the guards and the small forward are, I think it's kind of locked in until Markel comes. Um, you've And it's only because we've seen them in two of the three starting lineups. Um, first game, first preseason game and tonight, Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, and Terrence Ross. I think that's your that's your point guard, shooting guard, small forward. And I think it's kind of insane that we're sitting here saying that because even when Jalen Suggs was drafted, you and I, I think had a conversation and we were like basically came to the consensus of I can't imagine Suggs starting over Cole Anthony game one of the regular season. But Jonathan, I really think that it's going to happen. I think Jalen Suggs is going to be the starting point guard on opening night. Cole Anthony has started, but he started in that wacky lineup with Etwan Moore. Right. So, so I, I think that's something interesting that like I had kind of seen. wasn't sure if you had kind of picked up on it yet, but I, I, we'll see what the starting lineup is that he rolls out for the next one on Wednesday. But if it's similar to this one or the first game of the preseason's starting lineup, I think you have a good idea of who your starters are going to be night one. Well, so... You know, and, and a lot of this is because Jamal Mosley is kind of inexperienced as a head coach and we've got so many young guys. Um, I know usually like the last preseason game is like your regular season dress rehearsal. But personally, I was hoping to see kind of that more of that tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, like I don't expect Ross to start. He started tonight. Wendell and Mo Bamba probably are not going to start together. They started tonight. Um, you know, we saw a little bit of Robin Lopez, you know, we saw some Mo Wagner, some Etwan Moore, um, depending on health, we're probably not going to see too many of those guys. So I was hoping that was going to be the case tonight, but obviously I see it was not, I think you said this, but I, I think I would disagree. I think T Ross is going to start opening night, um, until all the guys are healthy. I, I, well, I, I was kind of expecting Chuma to be healthy for opening night. Now that's well, I kind hope, of looking less and less. Like I hope the case, it's the case. If Chuma's not healthy, then Ross probably will. Yeah, right. So uh, that's kind of just a, a tidbit there about the starting lineup and what I've kind of seen the trends here. Um, I I think that you know next Sunday we'll be able to give a better prediction, and it's kind of wild that we're going to be giving a prediction for starting lineups on opening night because I feel like a lot of teams. Right. A lot of fans of teams can probably give their predictions for like four out of five of the players at least that will be starting. I can maybe give yeah, you. Yeah, I don't. Uns- yeah, I don't. I don't know about this Giannis guy. Like, is, <laughs> is that guy going to start? Like, Chris uh, Middleton don't, don't even get me issues. started. Yeah, Chris Middleton. Like, I don't know if that guy's really going to start. Is he any good? Yeah, Drew Holiday. Uh, you know, I'm not totally convinced. Like, you know, no. Yeah, these. This is you know rebuild problems that you don't know what your starting lineup is going to look like. Now, Wednesday against the Celtics. 
I am fully expecting whatever that lineup is, like that should be our starting lineup. Yeah. If we're still like kind of experimenting at that point, then I'm going to be like, oh boy, here we go. We might be in for a long season. We talked about this kind of in the group chat a few days ago. Like we don't want to be going through, you know, the 10th, 12th game of the regular season. And and Jamal is still kind of like trying to figure out who he wants to play together and who's going to be starting and all those kinds of things. So hopefully we're getting that hammered out, you know, you know, pretty, pretty soon here. Um, Luke, let's talk about the rookies really quickly and and just kind of, um, you know, your thoughts on each of them and, you know, their preseason, maybe how they look tonight. Um, you know, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner thoughts so far through, uh, three preseason games. Um, I mean, I I wish I could give you a different answer than I'm about to Jalen Suggs, man. He is incredible when it comes to his heart and his effort. Um, People are dogging on Wagner and and not really at all on Suggs at all. And I, I think that yeah, like that's fair. I don't think that Wagner should get as much criticism as he's getting right now when those same people are not being critical. Well, they didn't take book night, Luke. <laughs> when they didn't take James Book Night. Right, that's it. We could have had seven guards on this team <laughs> and we said no. Can you believe it? So so I just think like I think that while I don't believe Wagner deserves that disrespect as much as he's getting, um, I think Suggs deserves the equal amount. I mean, for yes, Suggs has been better, but for standards, I'm sure Suggs feels the same way Wagner does about like their play right now. And, and I, I think that it's just kind of, it's not concerning. I wouldn't say it's not like I'm, you know, waving, waving a red flag and telling everybody to worry about it yet. Um, cause I'm not saying that at all. Um, but there are some concerns. Jalen at point guard is what I'm hoping for eventually. And I think that on start opening night, I think it could be the case, but Jalen just doesn't have that move that can break somebody's ankles. He's not going to be losing guys left and right. We knew this about Jalen. But it's becoming a little bit more concerning to me. We've seen it against NBA guys now. Because before I could just say, well, maybe he'll just get into the role and we'll see him start losing guys. But he 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 wasn't losing guys in college. He's not losing guys now. Um, I really hope that he can come into his own. And I I think it's all there. I think he works hard. I think he busts his butt. I think he can get to that point. But right now... There is quite a few red flags for me, Jonathan, when it comes to Jalen Suggs. All right. So I'll tell you what is concerning. Your tone right now is concerning <laughs> me because this is three preseason games and this literally feels have, like doom and gloom. But yes, because they've stunk all of them. Okay. We have talked for weeks and weeks and weeks for months now about setting the correct expectations with this team. They are going to look bad. Good players look better on good teams. Okay. Good players look worse on bad teams. That's that's we've seen that time or, and time again. How many guys or do they we have come to see? out and they have huge games because everyone else stinks and they have to be good. There's a balance here. So and I really I'm not I'm not I'm, there, I'm not hitting a panic button. I am just saying I you it, got your your hands resting on it right now. You're not applying the pressure. No, I think it really is because people are dogging on on Wagner as much as they are, but everybody's just like, oh, Suggs, look at him, like. He's he that's our guy. And it's like, yeah, he's our guy, but that's why he should receive a little bit more criticism than what I've seen. Okay, I I will say this. You are right to a point. He does deserve more criticism than he's getting. Um, If you're going to give that to Wagner, that is right. I'm in the in the, the camp saying 
three games in the preseason. They're rookies. Everybody, home, <laughs> relax. It is not that serious. All right, these guys are going to get better again as the playing groups get more consistent. I think that uh, that's kind of why I was hoping for that tonight because I do think we need to get to the point with that. Franz, yes, I'm sure he's not happy the way that he's played, although he looked really good in stretches tonight. This is probably the best game that he's had in a Magic uniform summer league or preseason. Um, and I think part of the reason that people aren't so much on Suggs is because defensively he has still looked incredibly good. Yeah. Like the hustle is there. The timing is there. Um, you know, the hands are there. He's very active. Like he's looked really, really good there. So I think that's why people haven't like totally just freaked out about Suggs because like they can, you can see the flashes there, especially defensively. With Jalen, yeah, probably right now, definitely suited better to be like the point guard with the ball in his hands. And as we get more into you know the regular season, we start actually running you know more sets, and we see Jalen more in pick and roll. That's where I think he's going to have the ability to get downhill. Because you're right, right now he's not breaking that guys down off of the dribble. He, he had a and, great. I will say this: he had an incredible. Um, you know, pocket pass, a pick and roll with WCJ tonight, I think near the end of the game, um, you know, had an incredible read there on the pick and roll. So there is, there are positives, despite what you guys may think that I think, um, talking about those listening. Listen, Luke is just naturally pessimistic. Well, that's what people have to I've understand. I've been let down that so is, many times is, in my life, Jonathan, that here we are, you know, um, but I want the magic to lower me into my grave so they can let me down ex- one last time. That's exactly right? you know, that's yeah, my motto. Yeah. So let me jump in here really quickly for yeah. those of you, uh, you know, watching the show live. If you guys want to go ahead and submit your speaker requests and your questions now, Kevin can start getting those uh, prompted us for uh, prompted up for us. We're going to get into those pretty shortly here. Go ahead, Luke. Sorry, no, you're good. No, that's pretty much it. All I'm saying is like the the, the shooting's not been great. I think he's shooting like six for twenty two from the field through three games. I know it's preseason. I know he's getting his bearings. There's just a little bit of concern, and I and I understand that. And I won't be as I I will only become you know a little bit more aggressive about my takes as the season goes on, and I'm giving them more of a fair shot. Jalen Suggs could could shut me up opening night for all I know. And I'm I'm no by no means you know on the train of like oh he's already a bust or anything ridiculous like that that I'm sure there's being said on Twitter in some capacity about both him and Wagner. Um, there are just things that I've seen and that show up in the box score um, that are bad. Now, in on you know in conversely, there's things that don't show up in the box score that Jalen Suggs has done very well. So um, so yeah, I, I think that it we're we're in for an interesting season. Um, but I, I really do hope that I can see you know more flashes that are more consistent with these guys, um, you know, in the regular season as well. So the last thing I'll say about Jalen, and it's not so much a concern of mine, but something that I would like to see more mm-hmm. is I would like to see him be more aggressive offensively in summer league. It felt like he came out and he's like, "This is my team. I'm going to take over." It seemed like other guys were deferring to him at times, and he was like looking to score constantly and actively and we're not really seeing that so much so far it looks like he's trying to get everybody else set up you know obviously he's adjusting to the speed of the NBA game but that's definitely something that I would like to see more out of Suggs with Franz people are are killing the kid he looked good tonight had a few plays I think he shot like two of three from three I think the concern with him is he's not as you know NBA ready as all of the scouts led us to believe now is that the Magic's fault Maybe not, 
Um, but this is a guy that I think as soon as the game slows down for him and things start to click and he has a real point guard on the floor at all times, that's going to find him these times when he's cutting and he's wide open and he's just not getting found, where he's sitting in the corner wide open and he's just not getting found. Um, I think he'll start to look a lot better then, but at least offensively, he's looked solid. He hasn't looked amazing, but he's, he has looked pretty good. So, all right, guys, um, we're going to go ahead and open it, you know, to questions here, Kevin, I don't know if you have any of those. Um, you know, kind of ready to go, but, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and start taking some questions here. Yeah. So we'll go, yeah, we'll take the first one here. Donnie Cole will answer this one pretty quick. I think we've touched on it a bit, but can Wendell and Mo both coexist as starters, Luke? No, I don't, I don't think there's a reason to, could they? Yeah. But I don't think there's much validity to doing it. Um, when, you know, you've got other guys you can rely on and who can, you know, fit the role better than having, two seven footers out there on the court at the same time. I think that it was a fun starting lineup tonight and it made a lot of people think, but I don't think it's something that, that, that would be a long-term thing. Um, who knows? Jamal Mosley could shock me opening night and go with that again. I have no idea. So my whole thing is then who's your backup center, right? Right. Like it's going to be Rolo. Rolo wasn't really brought into play a lot of minutes. Um, I think they were just trying to see what those guys look like, you know, positionally, like maybe, um, you know, Wendell going up against some four, seeing if he's able to, you know, step out and hit the three, things like that. But um, can they? Maybe. Will they? I don't think so. All right. Jeremy McCleary, uh, predictions on Wendell and Bamba's next contract value. No idea. I don't know what I want to offer either of those guys. <laughs> so, well, I mean, the the number that's been thrown out right. for Wendell, at least, has been $70 million. Now, if what we've seen from him preseason is what we're going to see every single night, $70 million is probably a good number. Um, so my thing is, like, Wendell looked really good the first few games after the trade deadline, and then um, towards the end of the year started to tail off. Wasn't as consistent. Now, he had, you know, the eye issue and, and everything like that that he was trying to deal with um, that looked like it hampered him a bit. Um but yeah, seventy million dollars, Mo. I I really don't know. That's why I'm in the camp of I want to let it play out. You know, the rest of the year, Luke. Yeah, I I really don't know. I don't know what the number could be. I'm not going to act like I know what the number's going to be. All I know is that when I hear the number, I'll be able to tell you absolutely not, or that's fine. WCJ, that number is probably going to be fine for me. I mean, if 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 like Jonathan said, if what we've seen is what we get with him at least this preseason um kind of being that you know steady guy that one of the only steady guys i feel like on the roster in terms of contribution and and productive productivity then i'm fine with with wcj making that amount of money i really don't know about mo bamba i really have a lot of question marks about him in general i'm, I'm gonna put you guys on the spot and make get a prediction are they gonna get signed to an extension by the 18th yes or no I'll say no. I don't think so. I would wait. Um, I'm hoping the Magic do. Um, but I don't think I would t be totally shocked if Wendell was. I think, but I'll say no. I think, I, and I'm going to, I'm going pretty much undoubtedly for me. Um, I'm, I'm going the WCJ gets extended. Let's hit another Mo question, another prediction asking here. Uh, we got a guy named WCJ and Mo Twin Towers 2.0 <laughs> asking the question <laughs> Who's going to win the starting job, Mo or Wendell Carter Jr.? What do you guys think, Jonathan? Um, I think it's going to be Wendell. Uh, you know, Wendell right now, he, he is the more consistent player, although I like what I've seen out of Mo so far. Um, but, yeah, it would just be 
hard for me to envision Wendell losing the starting job as well as he's been playing in preseason. Mm. Yeah, I uh it's 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 WCJ for sure. Sweet. Next question is from Adriel Cohen saying during summer league, Suggs played alongside another ball handler, Cole Anthony, and that was his most aggressive play. Is it possible he isn't playing as aggressively being in a lead ball handling role? That's a pretty open ended question there. What do you guys think about Adriel's question? You wanna take it, Luke? I don't I don't think that that's Maybe he's more comfortable not playing point guard right now. I mean, he's been a point guard his whole life, right? So this is it shouldn't be something he's uncomfortable with and, and shouldn't have a problem. I think that maybe aggressively, I don't know what your definition of aggressively really is, uh, Adriel, um, solely because that could that mean that like you just want him to shoot more? Do you want him to try to get to the basket more? Or aggressively could be always looking for the open guy and making the right read and like a good balance of between shooting and vision. I really don't know as far as it goes for for Suggs. I think that the the stark contrast between summer league and NBA is that he's playing against better guys. I think it's a confidence thing as well, right? I think Jalen is very confident, but it's one thing to be confident. And it's another thing to have to line up against NBA caliber guys every night that you play a game as opposed to summer league where you're playing against some guys who really don't, you know, they, they, they aren't NBA guys, right? So, um, or they're young and they're figuring it out just like Jalen. So I think it has less to do with the position he was running and Cole being beside him um, and more to do with the experience level and talent level across from him and on the court with him. All right, we're going to try this again. We got Joshua coming back in, and he's got a question about Franz. Let's let's let Joshua back in here. We'll give him another try here, see if we can get him on. Looks like his mic's on. There we go, Joshua. There we go. What's up, Joshua? Welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Good, man. How are you doing? What's up? We're doing pretty good. So um, my question is, it's it's kind of like the same as most people. What would it take for Mo to get the starting position? I mm. feel like so far he he's looked more energized than ever. He's yeah. playing with this amazing young core who just wants to play the hearts out. What would it take for him to get the starting lineup? You want to take it? Yeah, I think that what it would take is the fourth quarter tonight, 100 times over. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm mostly kidding. But um, I, I do think that uh, it's going to just take him simply being better than WCJ and, and, and doing things that WCJ does, right? Because that's his head-to-head competitor night in, night out. I can't sit here and tell you, you know, Mo needs to average 15 and 8 for me to consider him as a starting role because WCJ could be averaging the same or and having, you know, maybe less turnovers or making less mistakes. And um, I I think it has a lot to do with the man across from him, right? So, uh, which is why I think the starting lineup tonight against the Spurs was so interesting. I think that's something that we're probably never going to see again, but um, who knows? I mean, God forbid it's because there's injuries on the team and it has to be the starting lineup. But um, yeah, for me, man, it has a lot to do with just steadiness right you've got a lot of guys already on the roster that you're hoping take that next step right you you've got Jalen you've got J.I. you've got Chuma you've got Colin there are so many guys that you're depending on and the reason I think that WCJ will get the nod and continue to is because he's a guy that you're not having to worry about and hold your breath about is he going to take the next step you're fine with WCJ being exactly what he is as long as the other guys on your team take that next level next step um, and unless Mo Obama turns into a superstar I don't know that you know we're ever going to see him in the starting lineup for the Magic, you know, besides injuries. I, I'm really in the same boat 
Um, I think Mo needs to continue to do what he did tonight over the course of, you know, 25 minutes a game. If he starts doing that, uh, then it gets pretty hard because he's just so dynamic. Like Wendell is very steady, but if Mo can just, you know, be 80% of Wendell, you know, most of the time, and then has these stretches where he's just really dominant, he's hitting three point shots. He's a lob threat. He's blocking shots. He's just, you're able to do so much more with Mo, I think, than you are with Wendell. And I think Mo just needs to focus on the things that he excels at, you know, knocking down three-point shots, blocking shots. I want to see Mo get more involved in pick and roll as the rim runner this year. Steve Clifford talked about that last year, and in spurts, like, it's almost unstoppable. He's just so big. If you have a good pass up to Mo, he's either dunking it or he's getting fouled every single time. I just think it can be really, really effective. So, um, but right now, again, Wendell is just so steady. Until Mo becomes very, very steady, it's hard for me to see uh, see him, uh, you know, taking the job. But thanks uh, for joining us, Josh. That was amazing, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate, I appreciate that a lot. It. Next question in the chat comes from Mikey. Is that Mikey from uh, Orlando Magic UK? Staying up <laughs> so late, maybe. Uh, Mikey's question. I hope not. Uh, yeah, you need, <laughs> go to bed, there. Mikey. Go to bed. Just kidding. If it's Mikey, we're glad you're here. He asks, Mo needs to start uh, so he can get a confidence booster, I think is what he's trying to say. You guys have talked a lot about Mo already here thus far. I don't know if you want to add anything else to that. Um, let's see. We got Joshua Richards' question he just asked. Uh, we got a question here from Jeremy McCleary. This one's about Franz. What do you think Franz's absolute peak and floor is? Jonathan, you want to start this one off? I mean, his floor, I think we're seeing it. Like, I think this is – I don't see him getting worse. <laughs> like, I think his floor is what we're seeing right now. In terms of his ceiling – I've seen different comps like, you know, Nicholas Batum. I actually really like that one a lot because I think Franz is, is really, really smart. Is he going to become that high level of a shooter? I'm not really sure. The other thing that I've seen is Hito. And I, I'm not, I, I just, I don't really see it as much right now. And I'm definitely not willing to say that he's going to be Hito. Um, you know, Hito was so good at orchestrating the offense, especially in the high pick and roll. Uh, is Franz ever going to get to that? I don't know. We saw a little bit of him in, in, as the primary ball handler at Michigan, um, but Hito was just so good here, obviously, and a lot of people, um, you know, he, are very near and dear to their hearts with Hito. But um, I, I don't know. I think Nicholas Batum probably is like his ceiling, which is a very, very good pro. Yeah, and I think for me, um, as far as his peak, um, I'll go more not so you know player comparison route here. I think that his you know. Franz's ceiling is a starter on an NBA team for a long time. Not as a superstar, not an all-star, just a starter who what we thought when we drafted him, right? Makes everybody's lives easier. And that's that's Franz. Now his floor is probably out of the league. I mean, I don't I don't know. I his his floor is Moritz Wagner. Okay, yeah, well, maybe. Um, and I mean Portland Nick Batum, by the way. I hope nobody is uh, right. getting confused with Charlotte yeah, Nick Batum. But, but, but yeah, so to be completely frank, I think his, his ceiling is, you know, a starter in the NBA for a long time, just as a, you know, a key role player. Um, and I think his floor is essentially being last guy on the bench or out of the league. I, I really don't know. There's a lot of kind of wiggle room there, I think. All right, and our last question, once again, coming from WCJ and Mo Twin Towers 2.0, question mark, is with the Magic putting Suggs in late-game situations like tonight, will that help him get used to being clutch and scoring game-winning shots? Great question. Luke, it's, you want to kick us off? It's a softball, right? It's a softball question to end the night. I love it. Um, absolutely. 
I mean, you if you want Suggs, if if Mosley, you know, if this is true in terms of his starting lineups, he started in two out of the three preseason games. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, he that's a that's a confidence booster in itself, right? For Suggs to be at point guard, it is all about building his confidence, and something that I touched on earlier, especially with shooting, you know, as poorly as he has throughout the preseason. These type of situations, putting him in clutch situations, game-winning shots, and games that, yes, would be nice to win, but also we're not expecting the Magic to win. Like, these are learning experiences. Um, I think it's great. I, I think that if it's not him taking it, it's Cole or or T. Ross. And I think that that's really what we're going to see this year um, in those late-game moments. And I hope Mosley keeps drawing him up for, for Suggs solely for um, the fact of, of just his confidence and what that'll be, you know, getting him used to for those big moments. But... Jonathan, do you uh, have any differing opinions or anything? Well, yeah, I just want to go back to the way that he worded the question here. Will that help him get used to being clutch? In order to get used to being clutch, you actually have to be clutch. <laughs> I love Jalen Suggs turning the ball over t- to lose the game is not being clutch. He was not clutch tonight, unfortunately. Whoa, whoa, Can he whoa. Be clutch? It was a preseason I, game, Jonathan. And he I'm was gonna, fouled. Listen. I'm going to interrupt here. I think he got uh, hit on okay. the wrist. But continue. If he was thought, a superstar, Jonathan. he gets that just, call. I get it. Kevin just had to interject there. But <laughs> I had no, to. I'm not concerned, but I am stating the fact in what we saw tonight. Now, can't if you give him that ball again right now, does he make the right play? And are we talking about a win? I think there's a pretty good chance of that. I think he's going to learn from that. I think he's going to continue to improve. Um, is he capable of making those plays? I think that he is, but I just wanted to pick on the wording of the question there. But yeah, absolutely. The more experience that these young guys get, and that's why I'm looking forward to this season. Even if we lose, you know, 60 plus games, I'm hoping we get a good amount of those games that are, you know, losses, you know, five or less, or, you know, the game was five or less in the last five minutes. So these guys can get these reps and they can learn how to win because, you know, basically until Steve Clifford came aboard, like the Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier teams, they just didn't know how to win. And say what you want about you know the eighth seed or the seventh seed, you don't get there without learning how to win in those situations. So like we saw, especially the 18-19 season, we saw so many comebacks that year. And we all said like this team is different because last year, you know, these are games that we lose. So um, no, I'm excited to see the young guys in more of those types of situations because it can only help those guys get better. And I think especially if you ask Jeff Weltman, that's the whole goal this year is for these guys to learn, develop, improve, not necessarily win games. And if preseason has taught us anything, guys, I think it's just kind of reemphasized that this season is going to be tough, at least at times. All right. Well, I think that's, we don't have any other questions, so we'll go ahead and, and wrap up here. Luke, I had a lot of fun with this. I don't know about you. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of fun to interact, whether it was video, um, or just over chat. It was a it was a good time. So just want to remind you guys uh, really quickly as we're wrapping up here, um, just about nine days from the time that you're listening to this, Wednesday, October 20th, we will be at Harry Buffalo at 8 o'clock to watch the Magic take on the Spurs. So come and hang out. And then uh, Friday, October 22nd at 5 o'clock, we'll be at the Big Storm Tap Room connected to Amway Center uh, from 5 o'clock to 6.30 before they take on the Knicks as their home opener. Again, please come and hang out with us. We'd love to say what's up to you guys and um, you know, chat about the magic uh, before we open up the, you know, the home schedule with a win against the Knicks as Evan Fournier 
again makes his return to, to Amway. So, uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. Again, this was a ton of fun. We're gonna take this as a learning experience and try to do more of these in the future. But uh, regardless, guys, it was a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. Uh, we're gonna take this as an opportunity to end the show. Uh, so for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan. You guys are listening to the Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.